Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Wednesday or Thursday, I don't remember, the days just run together. Me and Jared were asked by a local rancher to go doctor some foot rod on some steers pretty close by. and So anyway, we... Jared meets me at my house that morning, then we run out there, and we get the medicine, and we come back to town, and we saddle up, and we go, and we start riding through them, and Jared's got one picked out that needs roped, and I got one that's picked out that needs roped, and so anyway, he piled after his, and I'm kind of watching it run, because he went this side of the windmill, and I'm watching the steer that he's after, just to keep an eye on it. Jared's nowhere to be seen anymore. <laughs> That's because his old pony had bogged her head and she was giving it the what for. <laughs> and like any good friend, I pulled up and watched. <laughs> Wanted to be sure that in case he got bucked off, he knew exactly what happened. So I was watching it stride for stride, but uh, he, 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 was, he, he made a hand. And I, I'm telling you, man, that, that little horse of his was, was sure enough bogging her head and, and bucking. And, and so anyway, I, I kind of grinned, and he kind of got her shut down. And you know, he's a pretty big fellow, pretty strong, so he got her shut down. And we kind of giggled about it and everything. And so... His steer got away, so I was going to go after mine, and it kind of circled back around, and I reached out there and threw that long old poly rope through this hula hand, and it landed so nice and pretty, and, but I mean, as soon as it touched her, it gave her a source of adrenaline, because he had just been standing there, and he took off. Well, I didn't warm my big old horse up very well. Or at all. Uh, that, that's probably more like it, at all. You know, just tighten up, whoop and spur, you know, and might not have been the best idea. I call this horse Budhead because he's about this big, and he's good looking except for his butt and his head. Got him from my little sister. He's kid broke. Unless you pour the spurs to him on the end of a 60-foot rope with a 700-pound steer attached to it, and we kind of got going, and that steer was was leaving and all of a sudden I got a my old 60 foot rope went into a pretzel at the end and I can't dally because I've got this big old wad of junk and so I gave him the what for and then there he started bucking lost my rope and you know that that's kind of how our day started so we got everything straightened out Jared had to clean up my mess and rope her and uh rope him and uh, just one of those days but me and Jared were talking between doctrine, and he made a comment about a fella that he worked with. He said, you know, that, that, that fella's handy. He's, he's handy. And you know, for, for a lot of people, that may not seem like much to the average person. For a, for a cowboy to be talking about another cowboy when he's not around and call a fella handy. I mean, it, it's just a little word, and you know, we, we think of of handyman and stuff like that but it's not in the cowboy culture to be called handy is one of the highest compliments that a man can receive because you know there, there are many things that can be said of a cowboy but handy means that 
They're not just all talk. They're not just talk. They don't just have the truck. They don't just have the hat. They don't just have the boots or the nice spurs or a pair of chinks and a rope. To say that a fella is handy means that they can get the job done and do it right. You know, and it's amazing how God speaks because after Jared said that, man, I got it in my head. And I went home that night and my lovely wife, Lovey, said, well, what, what's on your mind? And I said, well, Jared said something today. And I said, you know what? I hope that somebody someday will look back on my life, whether they're talking about my Christian life and my cowboy life. And I hope that some good cowboy would be talking about me and make the comment, Kevin, he was handy. Because that, that, that just, I mean, I, I literally, I've got chills just thinking about that. Not to say that we're out to prove anything to anybody, but handy just means something different. It, it, it's something that, that we should strive for. It's something that we do. So what did I do? I asked this same guy that we was working for. I asked him a day or so later. I said, hey, you know, I, I've, I've helped you quite a bit, but I'm going to ask for your help now. I said, I want to get better. And, and you don't get better talking about it on Sunday. And you don't get necessarily better at it by throwing a rope at a dummy. That's great practice. But if you want to get better, if I want to get better, I know that i got to put a horse between my legs and a rope in my hand and go tearing out across the pasture full of prairie dog holes and get something done. There's no substitute for getting out there and getting it done. And I asked him, I said, hold me accountable. He said, yesterday when you check them heifers, did you check the mineral? I said, no. He said, strike one. <laughs> he didn't say strike one. He said, stick that in your memory bank. And I, and I kind of knew that, you know. And, and so he's holding me accountable, and, and I've, asked it, I've asked him to do it because I, I want to be known as a fella that, that a man could call on in a time of need and know that he knows or she knows that if you call Kevin, that you can, he can go out and he's willing to get the job done. He knows how to get the job done and he's going to do it right because he's handy. But that has a spiritual application to it also. We're, we're in, the, in the middle of a series in Titus and Paul, Titus chapter 2 is one of the greatest uh, chapters in the entire Bible, in my opinion. We've, we've titled this whole series The Cowboy Academy. And, and in the first part of chapter 2, Titus dives right in, and, or Paul dives right in. He's writing a letter to Titus, and, and he teaches us how to be handy. And today we're going to talk about four groups of people, and it won't take long to see who those groups of people are. In the very first of Titus chapter 2, verse 1, it says, as for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Now, that, that, that's kind of written to those that want to be leaders, those that might want to stand up in front of a crowd or, or maybe even offer advice. If you're going to give some advice to somebody, you better be following that advice. It, it, we're not here just talking about, you know, just talking the talk. We're talking about walking the walk. And he says, as for you, Titus, promote the kind of living the kind of living. You, know, you notice he didn't say the, promote the kind of studying. He doesn't say promote the kind of, of, of knowledge. He's, not, he's telling Titus, man, it, it ain't about what you know. It's how you live. It's not just about, uh, about 
tall boots and talk. And it's not just about in name and nothing else. He says, man, I want you to promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. And today we're going to talk about some wholesome teaching. And you know what? There's going to be some hard stuff today. I'm just warning you right now. There is going to be some hard stuff, and there's going to be more than a few of you, whether you're sitting here or listening on the radio or getting this in an email or watching online, that you're going to go, yeah, I don't I'm not saying this. I'm only passing on what the good book says. If you have a problem with it, you go home and you go to God in prayer and you talk to the big man about it. He's big enough to handle anything you throw out. But you don't have a choice. You have a choice whether to follow it or not. But you don't have a choice as to say, well, I don't think that's right because God's never made a mistake. Are you handy? Are you handy? How do we become a handy Christian? Well, number one, we, and I'm not saying this is, this is geared, you know, put a mirror in front of me, okay? But the first way to become a handy Christian is for us to just quit talking about it on Sunday. You know what I mean? We, we got to just quit getting together. You know, I, I love cowboy stories, man. To sit around with a bunch of hands and, and sit there and, and swap stories, man. Yesterday, you know, we, we doctored some cows and, man, we told stories all day long. And, and that's fine. But the, the, the proof is in, in, in saddling up and, and getting the job done, not just talking about it. And if we want to be handy Christians, we got to just quit talking about it on Sunday. We can learn. But let's put it into practice. We can rope this dummy all day long. We can learn and we can point out some stuff and, and help each other. But, but we got to get out there and rope live cattle in a, in, a, in a spiritual sense, if you know what I mean. It's not enough to know about what the Word says, but to do what the Word says. And in Titus chapter 2, verse 2, Paul talks to the first group of the four groups of people that we're going to discuss today. Paul says this, Teach the older men... Let's define older men. Daryl. <laughs> Just wanted to, I, I, I want to thank Daryl for always being there for me and uh, being an illustration whenever I need him to be. You know, okay, so honestly, older men, I'm not necessarily going to put an age on it because, you know, I mean, that would, you know, Daryl being 82 is just, you know, that would throw him under the bus. And, uh, but when, when it talks about older men, you know, we're kind of talking about if you've got grandkids. You know, I, I, I graduated from high school with some kids that was 20 years old and had grandkids. It was crazy. But, you know, I, I'm talking about normal grandparents. You know, those that have been around the block a time or two that, that have done some stupid stuff and, and made some mistakes, those that should be wise, you know what I mean? You, you put your, and, and I've seen people that were real young that were wise beyond their years, and I've seen some old people that acted like two-year-olds, okay? So we're not going to put an age on it, but if you've been around the block and you should know better, and you're a male, he's talking to you, okay? It says, teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, to live wisely, and they must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Now, the very first thing that Paul talks about there to y'all older men is he says, exercise self-control. Now, which one of those three words do you think is the most important? 
Exercise, that's right. So does that mean that if you did it once, you're like, oh, I got the t-shirt. I did it one time, so I don't have to do it anymore. No, exercise means you got to do it over and over and over and over and over. I told a cowboy yesterday, he was sitting in his pickup, and he'd gone to look at a horse the day before, and he, uh, I asked him, I said, well, did you go look at that horse? He said, I don't want to talk about that. I said, really, what happened? He said, well... We made arrangements to drive three hours to go see this horse. And this person knew we was coming. And we got there, and they had sold the horse and never called. He said, I didn't even get out of the truck. He said, I couldn't. Believe it or not, that was a great demonstration of self-control. It really was. It never says that you can't get mad about something or that things ain't going to bother you. But he said, I knew if I got out of the truck and if I opened my mouth, it was just going to unleash probably hell on earth. I've heard this fella. Love him. Exercise self-control. That means we got to do it over and 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 over. And it's one of the hardest things that you'll ever do, older men, is to exercise self-control. Because, you know, there kind of gets to be a level whenever these guys get older. They think, well, since I've been there and done that, I can say whatever the heck I want to say, right? That's not really the way God says it. He says, man, if you're older, you need to to be the example. You need, as the older you get, you should be exercising self-control. You ought to be able to be there and done that and show other people how it's done. So, you know, we're we're starting off the bat here, and, and you've got a big old bull on the end of your rope already with number one when it says exercise self-control. Then he says, be worthy of respect. Once again, respect's a big word, but how about this? Be worthy. Not show somebody respect one single time or just respect those that, that show you respect. See, that's not what the Bible says. The, the golden rule, we, I remember the golden rule being up on the bulletin board whenever I went to school. It said, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. It does not say treat others like they, that they treat you, Okay? It says be worthy of respect. That means time after time after time. Be respectful. It doesn't matter what that other person's doing. You be the bigger cowboy. You ride the extra mile. Be worthy of respect. And they must live wisely. You know what? Being correct is the smallest part of wisdom. Wisdom, living wisely, doesn't mean that you have all the answers. Okay? Sometimes the best answer out there is, I don't know, son. Why don't we find out together? That's living wisely. We must strive, you older men. Maybe you've been doing it all along. Or maybe you need to start today in order to be handy. You need to start exercising self-control. You need to be worthy of respect. And you need to live wisely. And then Paul continues on and he says, they must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Because here's the thing, to exercise self-control, be worthy of respect and to live wisely... Man, the only way to do these things is to have sound faith. Now, you know, that's that's another cowboy word that's used kind of differently. Y'all cowboys know what I mean when we talk about a sound horse. I ain't talking about one that farts a lot, okay? I've got a mare like that if you'd like to see the definition of that. You strike her off into a trot and she gets the walking farts, you know what I mean? 
Uh, that's not what a sound horse is, okay? What I mean by a sound horse is one that is, is capable, that is sturdy, that can go out there and do the job, that's not injured. See, we need to have a sound faith because unfortunately, there's a lot of us that don't have a sound faith. I'm not saying you ain't got no faith at all. I'm just saying that your faith isn't sound. It just, it limps along, man. It's got an alley on the back. You know, you, you, you got some spiritual hoof rock going on. Because you've been picking and choosing. You're like, okay, if this is easy for me, then I'm going to do that. But this hard stuff over here, I'm not going to do that because I don't agree with it. It don't matter if you agree with it or not. If you call yourself a Christian, man, we're supposed to do what God says to do. We have to have sound faith. And then it says, be filled with love and be filled with patience. Let me ask you a question right quick. You older men, you just sit back, just enjoy this or cower in it, one of the two. Whatever shoe fits, man, lace it up and wear it. If you knew of an older man that exercised self-control, doesn't mean he didn't ever get mad. But if you knew a man that could exercise self-control that was worthy of respect, not just respect because we have to respect our elders, but somebody that was worthy of respect and somebody that lived wisely, and somebody that had a sound faith that you knew that they could, they could get in there and they could do the job. It's somebody you could call on in a pinch. Whereas in Texas, like we like to say, in a pinch. Somebody that was filled, not just, not just dabbled in love, not sprinkled with a dash of salt. I'm talking about filled with love and filled with patience. Would you not call that man handy? Older men, this list is for you. Younger men, this is coming. Better start working on it now. Because I guarantee you, man, when you wait to learn something, it gets harder the older you get. And if you older men, if you ain't been doing this, man, I, I'm, I'm, I get you. I get you. It's tough. But we need to be handy. You know what would happen if we just had this church congregation, this group of cowboys and cowgirls, if all the older men in here were handy, you know what would happen? It would change this community. People watching online, if ever older man that was watching online right now would do these things and were handy, you know what would happen? It'd change their communities. People listening on the radios, it would change their communities. It starts with y'all older men. Learn to be handy. Not because we want people to look at us, because we want people to look at God through who we are. Be handy. Then in verse 3, Paul continues and he says, Similarly, I have to work on that because I usually put a U in there and my wife hits me with her purse every time I put a U in similarly. Similarly, in the same way, likewise, thank you, teach the older women. Older women. You just sang that song, didn't you? <laughs> a couple of people did, I guess. Older women to live in a way that honors God. Now, I'm going to have to say, I kind of giggled. And what Paul has to say about you older women. He tells y'all to live in a way that honors God. And then he lists two things that you got to keep away from. All right? The first one, do not slander. Okay? Do not slander. Man, don't get together with your girlfriends and talk about the hussy down the road or what this lady over here is doing or whatever the case may be. Mind ye own business. Okay? I, I get it. I get it, man. Everybody wants to talk at the hair shop about what's going on. Cut that out. Do not slander anybody. Mind ye own business. Okay? That's number one. I don't need to go too much into that. But you know what? Honestly, we can laugh and joke about that. 
But it's so easy to talk about people, ain't it? And it's so easy for the prayer request to turn into a big old gossip fest. Why, can you believe they just need our prayers? You know what they did the other day? Just right, come on. Let's just mind your own business. Mind your own business. Paul says, likewise, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others. And here's the second thing he tells y'all older women to do. Don't be heavy drinkers. Lay off the sauce, ladies. Lay off the sauce, okay? Put the tequila down. All right? I know you like that box one, but honey, put it. Just, he didn't say you couldn't have a glass or two. He didn't say you couldn't cook with wine, but whenever you forget why you're in the kitchen... You've gone too far. Just simmer down. Put it down. Get some of that stuff you don't like very well. That way you quit after two glasses. You know what I mean? Teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. I don't think he's asking too much, ladies. Don't talk about people and put down the whiskey. It's, it, it, I mean, come on. Be handy. You know what I mean? Now, don't worry, guys. It gets a little rougher on them here in a minute. Instead, they should teach others what is good. Man, you can't teach something you don't know, right? Or actually, sometimes the best way to teach somebody is to, or the best way to learn it is to try to teach it. Because in the next verse, Paul talks to the younger women. But he tells these older women must train the younger women, okay? So, you know, you thought she's going to get off with, 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 with keeping it quiet at the hair shop and, and, and laying off the box wine, Okay. But he's going to tell y'all, older women, that this is, these are the things that you should teach the younger women, okay? So you've got to know this if you're going to teach it, okay? We don't need to be hypocrites of, you know, you do as I say, not as I do, okay? So you younger women, this is what the older women should be teaching you. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good and to be submissive to their husbands, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Younger women, man, these older women are supposed to teach you how to love your husbands and children. Love your husbands and children. A lot of times they may not be worthy of love when they don't put the seat up. You know what I mean? There, there, there's lots of instances where we could get mad. But Paul, God, Paul's not God, but God's speaking through Paul, says, younger women... These older women are going to teach you how to love your husbands and children. You ever notice how a grandparent always loves the grandkids more than the mom does because they just fill them full of candy and just give them back? Train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes. And that doesn't mean that you, you have to understand, okay, let, let's be adults about this. It just say, that's, that's just saying, you know, do, do your part also, okay? Do your part also. Don't just sit back and expect everybody else to do everything. Stay busy. You know, there, there is nothing better for feeling bad or depression or anything like that as to get up and do something, okay? Get up and go somewhere. Do something. Work, work in your homes. If you live in the home, do something, okay? Don't be lazy just sitting around talking bad about people all the time and drinking too much box wine, okay? Do something. Do good is what he says. To do good. And then it says this. Be submissive to their husbands. And I know all y'all, most of y'all women, like, yeah, what in the world? But let me ask you this. Seriously, let me ask you this. 
If your husband always exercised self-control, if he was worthy of respect, if he lived his life wisely, if he was sound in faith, if he was not just a little bit, if he was filled with love, and if he was filled with patience, would you not honor that man? You dang right you would. You dang right you would. And before you get all bent out of shape about be submissive to your husbands, everybody knows the verse in Ephesians where it says, wives, submit to your husbands. But what them preachers that always preach that don't tell you is the verse right before it said, submit to each other. Because I guarantee you, husbands, if you are exercising self-control, if you're worthy of respect and you're living wisely and you've got sound faith and you're filled with love and filled with patience, you are submitting to your wife also. It's a two-way street. So yeah, I'm telling you wives, submit to your husbands. Because husbands, you should have already submitted out of love. Jesus Christ submitted to the will of his father by going to that cross willingly and dying for all of our sins. And we're supposed to model that as leaders in our household. To love our wives as Christ loved the church. Enough said. So I don't want to hear no more griping or complaining about what it means to, I'm not going to be submissive to my husband. You should. And husbands, you ought to be worthy of being submitted to by submitting to them. Okay? All right. Let's get back to it. Okay. We've talked about older men. We've talked about older women. We have talked about younger women. Now, you young men. Young men. Me and y'all. Me and y'all. Okay? Me and y'all. I understand. I'm there with you. Okay? You young men. In verse 6, Paul gives you young men probably the most poignant advice he could give. He says, don't be stupid. That's all he says. That's all he says is don't be stupid, okay? Guys, I know you've got a one-track mind. I know we've got a one-track mind. That's why he was so, I mean, he tried to put it as simply as possible. Us younger men, we don't be stupid, okay? Now, actually, that's my paraphrase of it, but what he says, in the same way, encourage them not to be stupid. <laughs> Wait, that, that was my paraphrase again. It says, in the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. Encourage the young men to live wisely. In other words, don't be stupid, because you're stupid. We're, we're stupid. We do stupid stuff, okay? We're prone to it. We, you know, we, we do. We just do stupid stuff. Stop. Stop the stupid. You can quote me on that. Stop the stupid. We're going to get some t-shirts made. Save the cowboys. Stop the stupid. Sherilyn, get on that. Bumper stickers. Where, who's in marketing in here? Somebody patent that. Trademark it. Do something. Handy. You a handy cowboy? You a handy cowgirl? Need to be. I hope every single one of you strive to be handy. You older men. All those things that we listed, you older women, those two things that we listed, you younger women, like 72 things we listed, you dumb boys, the one thing we listed for us, me and you. My friend took me up on his offer or on my, on my asking him for help. He said, all right, if you're serious about it, I'll come pick you up tomorrow. We're going to go Dr. Cal's. So I went out there the night before, and I mean, I practiced on that dummy because I'm not very good at roping cattle without horns. And I mean, I roped, and I, I mean, I roped a blister on my finger and everything. And so he come and got me, and I think he kind of liked it because he had some free help. Well, the first thing I did is run a steer through the fence. Don't be stupid. <laughs> first thing I did is run a steer through the fence. Second thing I did is my horse is a big one and I loaded it into the trailer and broke his light out on his trailer with the saddle horn. 
And the third thing I did is I didn't buckle his doctoring bag and lost his thermometer out in the middle of the pasture. Good help's hard to find. <laughs> I told him that. I said, well, I said, this free help's costing you a ton, ain't it? <laughs> to the wiser men and women or older men and women, mistakes are going to be made. You made them. So don't be surprised or angered when those you teach do the same. Okay, you made those same dumb mistakes as those older, as us younger kids or whatever. You know what I mean? There's going to be mistakes made. Learn from them. Make them fix the fence like I should do. To the younger men and women, you're going to make mistakes in your quest to be handy. You're going to make mistakes. Learn from them and grow. The only mistake you should hold against yourself is quitting. Don't quit. You can't be handy if you quit. Some of you, when you first started coming here, and you were on fire, and you love that message that God was speaking into your hearts, and as time has gone by, man, you started to kind of simmer down, man. Your blood ain't boiling like it used to on fire for the Lord. It's time to step back up. It's time to become handy. And it don't matter if you're an older man or an older woman or a younger man or a younger woman. God has called us all to be handy. It's the greatest thing that we can give while we're on earth is to be known as a handy cowboy or cowgirl. Let's go to God in prayer. God, it is your grace, power, and mercy that allows us to become the hands that you want us to be. I pray now that the church, not just save the cowboy, but every church out there will get off their butts lay down their pride and their excuses and become handy. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray.